Next on BYUSN, Cougar football opens as favorites against Cincinnati, but now the line has moved. Is BYU an underdog at home against the Bearcats a cause for concern? And which is more important to beating Cincinnati? The BYU defense stopping the Bearcats run or the BYU offense finally finding a run game? Plus, the freshman running back LJ Martin on his welcome to college football moment. And the newest Deep Blue featuring one of the good guys, Mike Hall, whose family has overcome tragedy as he helps with football player development. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 27th. I am Spencer Linton alongside chocolate milk taste tester and chocolate milk influencer, Jerem Jordan. My in-laws drink a lot of chocolate milk, and, and I love it. Um, I, I forget that it exists. So when it's like days like this, where it's a national chocolate oh, yeah. milk, I'm like, oh yeah, chocolate milk. Let's go. So we have some delicious reduced fat. I was hoping for the legit fat uh, chocolate milk here. So let, let's just. Uh, Is it reduced fat if it's 2%? <laughs> Has anyone ever done 3%? Why is it? Is it because it's not a whole milk? Yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's okay, take well, a Bottoms up. Let's Cheers. Take, let's take Cheers a drink. Cheers to you. Ding. National Chocolate Milk Day. Any reason to drink chocolate milk from the BYU Creamery is a great reason. Yeah, here we go. Bear with us as we drink chocolate milk live on national television. Are you going the distance? Oh my gosh. That's why they call me Michael Bolton. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. This isn't this isn't like uh, middle school lunch. Wow. Some kids barfing in the trash can over there. No, that was delicious. Uh, I've I, done it before on the show. It's not a new thing. I, I just I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Don't act like you're not impressed. Oh, I, am, I am impressed. <laughs> wow, that is a way to celebrate National Chocolate Milk Day. Let's go, Brigham Young. Holy cow. Hey, when does your influencer account come out specifically with just different types of chocolate milk? Oh, my gosh. Because I have a Never. friend doing coconut water. I'm not really? even kidding. Really? Coconut water? Yes. He, he has chosen that angle to be the coconut water taste tester. You know what? Everybody's got to have something, Spence. <laughs> you should be the chocolate milk guy with all your free time. I don't know if you knew this, but I have another hobby <laughs> yeah. slash career. Uh, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Indeed he did. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Listen to this, all of you watching and listening across BYU Sports Nation. The line from our friends in the desert for BYU's game Friday night against Cincinnati started at three and a half in favor, or went up to three and a half in favor of BYU, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. BYU is a three and a half point favorite. Yeah. It feels like Makes sense. a few moments ago. Well, guess what? Now Cincinnati, on some lines, is a two-point favorite. Everybody is leaning heavily Cincinnati, yeah. so the Bearcats are now a road favorite in Provo on a short week on Friday night. Moving five points in a few days is wild. You rarely see this. I know why. BYU is now, like we said, an underdog again for a third consecutive week. <laughs> Two-point underdog. We love underdog. being a dog. Jeremy, is this cause for concern that the line has swung so much that now BYU is a home underdog? The only logical explanation is Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Swifties. <laughs> that is the only logical explanation that all of them have somehow become gamblers. It all makes sense All now. the Swifties, 
Gonna gamble, gamble, gamble. Work that into your uh, lyrics, Taylor. No, I. Th- it's a little weird that it swung this much. Five points in and a few days. What it means is a lot of people think Cincinnati are gonna cover and or win this game. Um, you know, ESPN FBI has a really good shot for Cincinnati to win, like 57%. And and that's been, you know, a couple weeks ago leading up to this. But, um, yeah, like, BYU has a better win than Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati put, put up a fight against Oklahoma. Oklahoma won that game 20-6, to slowed them down, but didn't score enough, didn't run the ball in the same way. Some of the Bearcat stats are bloated a little bit by beating up Eastern Kentucky, I didn't even know there was an Eastern Kentucky. I knew about Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, of course, who came here in 2020. Uh, Cincinnati uh, lost a rivalry game to Miami of Ohio. And so a lot of Cincinnati right now is based on beating Pitt, who doesn't look that good, and They're beating one and Eastern three. Kentucky, right? Pitt's 1-3. and Well, Jerkovic's not been good there. Uh, SP plus rank. How about that? They're basically the same team <laughs> in terms of rankings. Obviously, different in what they do. But the fact that the line is that has swung that much, was it an injury? No, there's not a single player that would influence the line by five points five in this game. Points. If Emory Jones was out or Keen Slovis was out, that would not swing at five points. There is not that kind of player in this game. But I'm okay. Anytime BYU is a dog, if you told me BYU was a dog the rest of the season, I'd be fine with that because BYU loves being uh, undervalued. Uh, and so let's see what BYU can do. Certainly, this is a tight one. I have said there's no way BYU loses this game. I will die on that hill because I think BYU is going to bring it Friday night. There's going to be juice. They're going to f- figure it out in the run game and be a little bit better than, you know, I, 61 yards is not asking for a lot. Can BYU rush for 80 or 120? I don't know. The D-line's really good for Cincinnati like we've talked about. They've got speed in the secondary. Again, this is a group that's produced Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner the last couple years in the NFL. Not to be but they're not the those other, guys. The other Kobe Bryant that had a major impact for, for Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. So uh, this line is uh, it's weird, but it, I, I like that BYU's a dog because BYU just functions better as a team in this space. Are they in the details so much that they see that Cincinnati has one of the best run defenses in the country and BYU has one of the worst rush offenses the, in the country? Betters are in the number. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So absolutely. that feels like it. Is a factor. But that didn't change five, from five points. That didn't change this week though, Spence. Like that's been the same since Saturday afternoon. Like, are the Swifties all betting Cincinnati because of Travis Kelsey? <laughs> I'm telling you, there might be something there. <laughs> How many of them are betting? Hey, I'll say this. BYU fans, and a few of you have reached out to me on social media and said, Hey, I'm not liking the trend of this. Yeah. Why should I feel okay about BYU? I'll give you one reason. While Cincinnati's run defense is awesome, Jerem, they give up some ground in the pass game. They play, on tape at least, against Oklahoma, and maybe this is by design, a little soft on the edges in the pass game. Everyone does that against Oklahoma, though. <laughs> They're scared of getting beat, and then the, the quick throws. Oklahoma's tough. Like Oklahoma should be the exception to any pass this defense rule. This maybe benefits Keaton Slowis and pass-happy by requirement, maybe, BYU. Yeah. So there's something there. Like, Cincinnati, again, excellent defense. Outstanding in the front seven. There may be more opportunity, like BYU had against Kansas, to throw a bunch against Cincinnati. Can I validate that point with Please the number? Please do. Please C- do. Cincinnati is allowing eight yards per attempt. Yes. 101st. They play soft coverage. 
through four games. Can BYU do what it does best right now on offense, which is chuck it. So pass to set up the run feels like a very, very likely thing for BYU on Friday night. And that's okay because that plays into the wheelhouse. We don't care how BYU gets it done. Just win. We Who just cares? Want, I don't care as about As ugly style. as possible. Welcome to the Power 5 era. The style points uh, they don't, matter. don't matter anymore. Wins and B- losses matter. Absolutely. Okay, so that's one thing that BYU fans can maybe rest their confidence and laurels in is, okay, yeah, Cincinnati does give up some passing yards. The other thing I'll add to why this line may have swung, aside from the Swifties, <laughs> and BYU's run offense matching up against Cincinnati's run defense is just the added injuries from the Kansas game. Like, it's stacking up now. So, BYU, to recap, on offense, no Cody Epps. I don't expect him to play against Cincinnati this week. (sighs) Aiden Robbins, not going to play against Cincinnati this week. Nope. Waylon Lapuaho, based on my conversation with Aaron Roderick, feels doubtful on the offensive line to play against Cincinnati. Then you look at... The defense. Ben Bywater is a massive, massive piece of BYU's Huge question mark there. Okay. I, again, I'm going off of what I witnessed on the sideline in Lawrence, Kansas. When he came off and then how he interacted with his family after the game. I wasn't in on the specific conversations, but talk to Jay Hill, just reading body language and all of that. I would be shocked if Ben plays against Cincinnati. That's a tough one, given the way Cincinnati runs the ball. Don't expect him to play against Cincinnati. So no Ben Bywater, no Cody Epps, no Aiden Robbins, no Waylon Lapuaho. Talon Alfrey is still out with his broken collarbone, and BYU could certainly use him. A couple weeks away. Parker Kingston's going to be okay, but he won't have practiced all week, so I don't expect to see him. BYU feels okay at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm good with that group. But the point remains... This is where BYU's depth is, for the first time this season, really going to be tested, especially losing Ben Bywater. That hurts. So that all maybe factors into why this line is swinging so much. But I think you might be on something with Swifties. I'm not kidding. In in the end, uh, who cares? Travis Kelsey. Uh, About the line. Travis Kelsey pushed the line. He doesn't even play for Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) He played for Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, Topic two. What is more important for BYU to beat Cincinnati? Slow down Cincinnati's rushing attack or that BYU needs to rush the ball more effectively? Ooh, let me channel my inner Bronco Mendenhall, Nick Howell, Kalani Satake, Sione Puha, all football coaches everywhere nationwide for time and all eternity. It's stop the run. You want to win a game, <laughs> stop the run. Yeah, you want to establish yeah. it, but Cincinnati's saying the same thing. No, first thing is you've got to stop the run. BYU has to figure out a way to slow down Cincinnati's rushing attack because they're putting up over 200 a game on the ground. 215. 215 yards per game on the ground from Cincinnati. It starts and ends with stop the run. If they can't run the ball with backs that are super physical, and, I mean, they they just want to, like, wear BYU down and grind. And I mentioned earlier this week, they run like Kansas' big power back high shot. Like, that's kind of how all of Cincinnati's backs are. It's Ohio versus the world, as Ryan Day told us. So Cincinnati Part of Ohio. that, apparently. Can BYU stop the run? To me, that feels like the obvious start and end for this because if Cincinnati cannot establish a ground game, and Emory Jones runs a lot too, their quarterback. Oh, he runs a lot. He runs a ton. He's the second leading rusher at 47 a game. So it's <laughs> – that, yeah. that is the focus and the central point of the Bearcats' offense. Stop the run, BYU wins the game, maybe handily. What would stop look like to you? Under 150 yards. 
Under 150. Under 150. If if you told me they're sub 150, I say, yep, BYU. BYU's going to win the game. BYU 94% chance or something. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're going to run more than yeah. they're going to throw for sure. Yeah. So you hold Cincinnati to under 150 and maybe BYU is able to stand the field longer and sustain some drives, fingers crossed. Yeah. Then yeah, that's kind of the formula, I believe, for BYU to win this game. How do you feel about the it? The Bearcats, uh, with the C, have run the ball 50 more times than they've passed it. I, I do think um, Cincinnati does a good job of controlling the clock. They're one of the best time possession teams in the country. They're number one in the Big 12. You can do that when you run so well. When you run the ball effectively, you control the game. You really do. And BYU is going to be reliant on being able to pass the ball because BYU doth stinketh uh, at the moment to me and everyone else in rushing at the moment. Um, 61 yards per game is fourth lowest in the country. Oof. Yards per carry is fifth lowest, 2.2. 10-plus yard rushes. Yep. Seven total, fourth lowest. 20-plus is two. That's 20th lowest. And first downs via rush is 12, which is third lowest. Those aren't good. Can BYU get enough possessions and plays and not play from behind uh, in this game? That's the question. I agree with you that they need to slow down the rushing attack led by uh, Corey Kiner, okay. who's averaging 82 a game. Emory Jones, Ryan Montgomery's run for 100 as well. Um, so, yeah, and, and then you have uh, Miles Montgomery also running for 5.6 yards per carry. They have, they have guys. We felt like BYU had guys walking in this season, but Aiden Robbins doesn't seem like he's going to play. This is, this is on LJ Martin. I'm excited to hear your conversation with him from yesterday, and we'll break down kind of what LJ's done really well and whatnot this year. But I agree with you. The BYU needs to slow down the Bearcats. But, but uh, again, back to the line swinging and whatnot. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But six or later kickoff, BYU's really good. Can BYU summon that night Coug energy, whatever it is. There's your second thing to feel really good about. Five and three since 2019 when kicking at six or later. This is at 8-15, of course. And 15-1 and one in their last 16 night games. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, BYU's 14-13 and 13 pre-6 p.m. Causation correlation. I, I know I'm like the only one really screaming this from the rooftops. I'm not saying BYU plays great because it's night, but I ain't saying it's not either. <laughs> like the way that BYU plays at night is really effective. I think at home, I think first Big 12 home game, going for the first Big 12 win in conference, I think BYU comes out with the win, and they do enough defensively to give the offense a chance here to throw. And can BYU just have some timely runs? We don't need a lot of yards. Timely runs, like against Arkansas, the 45-yard run was a big play in the game. Yeah. BYU didn't do jack squat. Besides that, can you have a couple of those moments? I, BYU could run for 100 yards against Cincinnati of all opponents. That would do wonders for the confidence of the team in the offensive line. Yeah. I, and that is probably an understatement. Let's see if they can get it done. They need something I, I need more. feel good. I need more rushing highlights against uh, Power 5 teams here. Because every one of these highlights or lowlights is against Southern Utah State Houston well, I, right I now. Mean, I mean, like, it's, it's L.J. Martin against Arkansas breaking off the big run. And then that's the no, one, right? nothing against Kansas. Yeah, that, that run was great, but it was against Southern Utah. Now, hey, P5 uh, era. Let's get, some, let's get some P5 highlights here. Lavelle Edwards Stadium magic. BYU fans, show up yeah. and show out on Let's Friday go. night. They need you. Because the Cougars are going to need you. They now need as you. a home underdog, I cannot emphasize this. Oh, Vegas dog. doesn't think BYU can do it? A home Come on. underdog. Third consecutive at home? The disrespect. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Our question of the day. 
awesome. BYU, you can't run they the ball. They showed it good, good, run the ball, bring it. I don't believe that they can run. <laughs> run the ball. BYU is a two-point underdog in Vegas and ESPN's football power index. Yeah. So the computers don't like BYU at home. Not even either. the numbers like you. 42% chance to win this game according to a computer. ESPN's stupid computer, okay? <laughs> you stupid computer. I love that we're angry at a just, like, mathematical formula. I'm not actually angry. I'm just excited for okay. uh, being in the big this, this is all fun. This is should, fun. straight up, in your opinion, should BYU be an underdog? At home against Cincinnati, based on everything you know about the Bearcats and everything that's happened. Better record, better win, better ingredients, Papa John. <laughs> Kyle Nelson on Instagram answers, despite a good defense and passing game, until BYU can prove they have a run game, they are one-dimensional and should be an underdog. But if that win, just because you're one-dimensional doesn't mean you need to be. I, I disagree. BYU's got a better win and they have a better record. And, uh, you know, SP Plus is similar. It's like, and BYU's at home. Why isn't BYU a favorite? I would love to talk to This is to just because the money swung. Just because yeah. the amount of, uh, that went to since they're like, oh, okay, let's move it because we've had too much action this yeah. direction. Well, and That's it, my understanding again, it's of not, that move. I don't think it's so much on the odds makers. It's, yeah, it's the betters that are moving it. Yeah, right? well, it's just smart that they move it because they're like, oh, there's too much action there. we gotta, we got to slide but this. It opened as BYU as a home favorite. So the experts said BYU yeah. was a one-and-a-half point favorite Initially, to begin. And then the people have the moved, people have essentially forced the odds makers to move the line. What is wrong with you? I'm Travis, I'm an expert Travis Kelsey draft, fans and Swifties. I wouldn't mind it. At Denton Good on X says, yeah. against a team, speaking of Cincinnati, that lost at home to Miami of yeah. Ohio? Yeah. No, BYU, he says. BYU should not be. He doesn't have a bad loss. They have a better win. All the, yeah. yeah. Kansas is ranked, by the way. Oh, by the way. Kansas well, is ranked. Brigham helped in that regard, but yeah. They play at Texas this week. Very interested to watch that game. Go, go Jayhawks. Oh, my goodness. That's what I say. Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram. No more threads. BYUSN game day, 8 Eastern on uh, Friday. BYU TV. By the way, our program's going to be uh, at the stadium on Friday as well. Indeed. Little little weekday uh, action over at LES. Love that, 8 Eastern. Uh, hey, I'm going to hang out with you guys for, like, a segment. Let's that'll go. Be, that'll be fun. Two I'm hours and 15 minutes. I am very excited. Fun. After the break. My one-on-one with BYU freshman running back star and a budding star at that, L.J. Martin. Mm. What was his welcome to college football moment, and what in the world is Brigham trying to do to rectify this run game? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. How are you feeling after that uh, chocolate milk Great. chug? Uh, refre- okay? Refreshed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few people text me like, I'd legit throw up if I tried to do that. <laughs> no, I'm good. If I had to do more than that, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Well, don't, listen, ask me to, don't ask me to drink that. I'm going to drink my chocolate milk while all of you watch... Yeah. My interview with BYU freshman star running back L.J. Martin. Little, little John. That's what L.J. is for. Little John. Little John. I love that. 
Okay. Uh, if you haven't noticed, he has some nice capability and looks like BYU's next great running back. I asked him a number of questions, including what was his welcome to college football moment and how in the world does BYU change some things to get the ground game going with him as the focal point? Here's my one-on-one -on -one with LJ Martin. LJ, first time BYU's in a short week as you prepare for the Friday Night Lights of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So how has this week of practice been a little bit different as you have one less day to prepare? Um, it's been a little bit more crammed, but I would say it's not really a lot different. You know, we just like, move everything up a day. And just with doing that, you know, we just got to make sure we get prepared, making sure our bodies are right and stuff like that, you know. We just get a day shorter, and, you know, they do a great job of making sure we're right. Um, Sky, Dr. Coach Phyllis, um, Kobe, all those guys in the weight room, training room, they make sure we get right, and we're prepared for the short week. And then as well as the coaches, just making sure that we feel good and, you know, we're not doing too much in practice, but also making sure we need to do what we need to do. For the first time this season, BYU is coming off a loss, three wins, and that one setback. How has that changed your perspective dealing with uh, a frustrating defeat as you get ready to try and get back on the winning track? Um, you know, it's just the same as if we won. You know, no matter what, we were going to come back out here the next day and get back to work. So that's just something we've got to continue to do. And, you know, nothing's changed for us. We're still going to try to be the most physical team out there, you know, the most dominant. And we're just going to come out the same way we do every week. And, you know, we're just going to keep on competing and giving, giving it the most. And that's all we could do. As you look back on the first four games of your college football career, how would you explain what that's been like? as you've gone from high school and been thrust into the spotlight as a freshman? Um, it's actually been surreal. Like, I don't know, just like, actually like when you walk into the Cougar Walk, like my first game and like you see like the students and you're like, what the heck? Like, that's actually insane, you know? Cause you get like a student section in high school and it's probably like, I mean, it was kind of big when I, where I'm from, but like, you know, it wasn't like 10,000 people. It was just like a thousand, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome, you know, like just having like, I don't know, like, People like send you clips and you're like on TV and it's just like you don't even think about it during the game. But after the game, you're like, holy cow, like, like I'm someone who I used to watch when I was little. Like, like that's awesome to me. Okay, and speaking of that, let's take you back to the moments where you break free a long touchdown run at Arkansas or even the screen pass against Kansas. What's it like to celebrate with your teammates on the road in Power Five football in the end zone? Oh, it's awesome, right? Because like it's just you guys versus like. 80,000 other people and then well it's crazy because BYU actually travels a lot pretty good right so like it gets quiet but it's not really that quiet right so like even on third downs and fourth downs when the other team's on offense like it's still really loud and I'm like right because our fans start cheering and then their fans start cheering I'm like oh they just set themselves up for failure right and we get stops on like that but yeah I mean it's awesome you know they travel really well and then it's also just awesome just to be able to know you have those guys and you guys are just together and you guys got to make it happen you know just for each other it's really awesome obviously the challenge for BYU this week is to pick up big 12 win number one against a pretty stout Cincinnati defensive front and doing so when you've had some frustrations in the run game so what kind of nuances and, and differences are you putting into play to try and turn the run game around this week um, you know we've just been watching film trying to go back on what we, what we need to look at, you know, we just missed a couple blocks and, you know, I missed a couple holes myself and, you know, if we just get that squared away and if I don't miss the hole when they make the blocks, I mean, we get some good runs and, you know, it's vice versa, but, you know, I think we still got a great chance to be a really good running team and I feel like we could really make it happen this week. You know, they're a really good defense and we really respect them, but, you know, we feel like we have the guys to go do it and just make it happen. 
What's the key to finding success in the specific run tactic and scheme that you have in this BYU offense? Um, you know, it just be physical. You know, you just got to go out there and just, you know, try to just kick the other team's butt. That's pretty much it. You know, you got to go out there, just, you know, know that they're going to put up a fight and you're just going to try to fight harder. And that's really what it comes down to, who just wants it more. And, you know, that's just something that we got to work on. And, you know, O-line does a great job of that. And, you know, I really feel like they're going to get it rolling this weekend. And, you know, they have the other weeks as well. And, you know, it's just going to, I think we're finally going to put it all together. and It's going to be really great for us. What would it mean to do that against Cincinnati, who to date, I mean, you could argue, is the most stout defensive front you have faced to this point of the season? Um, you know, that would be awesome. You know, just, uh, I mean, we're not, we're focused on the opponent, but, you know, we're just taking it one game at a time. And, you know, that's the who the, they put in front of us to play this week. So that's who we're just trying to beat, you know, just trying to go out there, run on them. And then, yeah, you know, we know they're going to be a really tough matchup, a really tough defense, and we just got to go out there, make it happen, because that's who they put in front of us. And, we just got to go out there and make it happen, so yeah. Yeah, what have you seen from Cincinnati's defensive front on film and in study this week? Um, they're really good. They like to, you know, twist a lot. I mean, they mix it up a whole bunch. So, you know, we know they're a really good defense. Um, you know, we know that they got some really good coaching over there, some really good players. And, you know, we're excited for the matchup and just looking forward to giving it our all and just making the most out of it. Aside from the Cougar Walk, what was your welcome to college football moment as a player? Um... I'll probably say here at practice, um, it was like I never picked up pass pro in, in practice, and then I kind of got hit pretty good. <laughs> and I'll say that was pretty good, or it was probably right here. Um, like I got, I was running the ball, I got tripped, and someone like, boom, it was in fall camp, and like I just got sandwiched, it was nasty. So yeah, that was pretty fun, but yeah. I mean, it's just been awesome, you know, everyone's been great, it's just been real fun, so yeah. What have your coaches said to you? Because it's hard to block out the noise, and obviously you want to get the run game going. You guys all know you need to get the run game going. So how do you do that? How do you block out the noise and, and try and get to a point where you believe that you can be successful in that aspect of, of the game? Well, we just got to keep on believing in each other. You know, they never had stop having believe in us, and we just got to keep on believing in them. You know, we know what we got to do, and we believe we have the right guys to do it, and, you know, we're going to continue to believe. So through that, you know, we just know that we got the right guys, and, you know, it's just believing, and we believe we can make it happen this Saturday, and, you know, that's all we got to do. We just got to believe, and then it's going to happen. What's your relationship like with your offensive line in front of you? Oh, I love those guys. Paul, it's like... I'll say it's more like big brother, little brother, you know, call him the young guy, kind of. So, yeah, you know, Paul's a great guy. Connor, Caleb, we call him Big Tree. I mean, I saw Caleb at church the other day. Um, Kingsley, Waylon, I mean, it's just real fun, you know, just to be around those guys. You know, we'll go out sometimes, like, just to go out and eat, like, at Chubby's sometimes. So it's just real fun to be around them. I really enjoy those guys, and I really appreciate the time and effort they put into blocking and stuff like that, and, you know, just to make sure the holes open up and stuff like that. So, yeah. BYU is looking for a quick start. Aaron Rodgers, your offensive coordinator, is saying, look, we've overcome adversity. Okay, we know that we can do that. Now we're looking for the quick start. How, does, how do you help that happen against Cincinnati on Friday night? Well, I just got to, well, for me, I just got to go out there and try to make the most of the opportunities I'm given, you know, trying to not take no for an answer and just trying to do as much as I can with the opportunities I'm given. And I believe we got playmakers all over the field, and I feel like, you know, no matter who has the ball in their hands, we could get a fast start. So it's really just us believing and us just going out there and executing, and we'll be fine. 
What are your conversations like with Deion Smith? Aiden Robbins obviously dealing with an injury, and he'll be back at some point. But now it kind of feels like it's it's you and Deion. So what's that relationship and dynamic like? Oh, he's real fun to be around. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just a funny guy. He's funny. So he's just been real fun uh, just talking to him. You know, he kind of teaches me the game and stuff like that. So I really appreciate him for that. And, you know, all the running backs do, Miles, Hinkley, uh, Enoch, um, you know, they all do a great job of just making sure I'm right, I know what I need to read and stuff like that. And we just, you know, communicate, just help each other the best we can. And, you know, they're the best teammates in the world. What's the energy overall like for the team this week after the loss? Um, after the loss, uh, Coach Kalani, he gave us a great speech. You know, he said, you know, sometimes you're going to have tough times and, you know, you just got to you're gonna have a bad day of work and you have to go back home and love your kids, love your wife, stuff like that. So, you know, just taking that, you know, we just came back out here. He said we have to have another good week of practice just like if we won. You know, it's got to be the same as if we win or if we lose, we got to stay even keel, you know, just always trying to improve. And I really respect him for that. I feel like coaching staff has done a great job. The team, the team as well as well has done a, done a great job of responding. So, you know, it's just time to go out there and execute. How do you feel about playing under the Friday Night Lights? Um, it's kind of weird because it's not high school. So, yeah, yeah, but it'll be fun. I think it'll be a lot like the, the first game we had because it was Saturday. It was a late one. I think it starts at the same time. So, yeah, but, yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, we'll finish with this. Now that you've been in the end zone a couple of times, have your teammates been talking to you about a certain celebration that needs to happen the next time? If so, what is it? Uh, yes, they've been telling me about a celebration, but you know I'm a simple guy. I just go, <laughs> I just go one pound, two pats on the chest, and you know praise, praise the man upstairs. So that's all I do. But you know they might get one out of me after I go right here. But uh, we'll see. There's a time and place for it, and you know, I feel like it's right. I, I might try to get one out. But yeah. Hey, keep the people anticipating and waiting, right? I know your parents would appreciate that answer for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yeah. Try to keep the people waiting, and so yeah. Yes, sir. LJ, thanks for the time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. LJ Martin, BYU running back. Here's a look at some of his more notable numbers. Of the seven 10-plus yard runs that BYU has, Jerem, LJ has six of them. Yeah. Aiden okay. Robbins had one against him. That, that's why he's the guy right now. Ten first downs of BYU's, tw was it 12 overall first downs running the ball? Yeah. So he's got 10 of the 12. Yeah. And he picks up yards after contact. This matters. He often falls forward. Rarely does LG Martin lose yards. Yeah, he doesn't lose a lot of yards. Okay. So he also, just overall, yards per carry, straight up four yards per carry. That's good enough. Feed, feed LJ? Yeah. Well, obviously, yes. Um, you know, the, the Aiden Robbins thing has been one of the weirder storylines in the season, frankly. One that he's unfortunately hurt. That's not weird. That's just disappointing uh, for all of us. But two is that he's not the number one guy. Like it is, but Aaron Roderick uh, is is impatient uh, to success. Meaning, if this is going to work, I'm going to go with that. I don't I don't care what you thought before or what we thought was going to be the way before. It's sports. You got to do this now. And LG Martin has been uh, better than we thought out of the gates. Certainly, BYU's got a lot to do. LJ hasn't been spectacular, but he's been good. The 45 yard run versus Arkansas was amazing. His 91 yards against Sam Houston spectacular. Um, BYU needs more as a group. They've got to block better. All ten, all nine guys that block, not named Keaton and LJ, need to block better, and then LJ's got to break more tackles and then get better in this regard because I don't think BYU is going to be worse than they yeah. have been up to this point. When LJ mentioned that, he said, I, I need to take better advantage of my opportunities. I, I need to be better. He's not trying to dodge anything. Sure, everybody right? has extreme like, ownership here. I have here, to hopefully. be better. Yeah, yeah. Four yards per carry, though, over everything he's done, 
Just give him a shot. Even against Cincinnati, like feed him some more. He falls forward. He's that gonna, matters. He's going to get 10 to 15 carries. It's just whether he gets like 20 plus. So let's go. Okay, right. Cougar pregame live coming up 8 Eastern on Friday on BYU Radio as Jason Shepard and the boys get you ready for this one. The Cougars' first Big 12 home game. Up next, is Puka Nakua already ascended to the second most relevant BYU Cougar in the NFL right now? Second most behind for just Fred Warner already? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. It's time for headlines. Yesterday after practice, defensive coordinator Jay Hill spoke to the media about the challenge of facing Cincinnati's offense. The quarterback's very athletic. He throws a good ball. Uh, the transfer wide receiver number eight, great player. Um, he's probably the top wide receiver we've faced so far this year. Uh, the running backs run hard. I love the way those guys run. They run behind their pads. They're physical. Uh, and the O-line does a good job. So uh, it's a very similar offensive scheme as what we just faced last week at Kansas. Uh, and a similar quarterback, really, the way he runs it. Xavier Henderson is the number eight he's referring Isn't to. Isn't he the Florida transfer, too? He is the Florida yeah. transfer, like Emory Jones. In fact, he led Florida in receiving last year. Uh, also, give me some depth of field behind Jay Hill. That was an incredible shot. <laughs> BYU and Cincinnati play Friday night, pregame 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Photographers aren't messing around. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy is signed with the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. Hey! First reported by Josina Anderson, and this morning, Daniel Sorensen has signed with the New Orleans Saints practice squad to reunite with Taysom Mill and Jamal Williams. A couple of vets are back in it. Just waiting on Harvey Long, you know. BYU women's volleyball. Aaron Livingston named to Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. 25 kills on a 321 clip, hit the 1,000 kill mark last week. And Whitney McEwen Larness, the Defensive Player of the Week. A monster number, 2.7 blocks per set. If you do like 1.3, you're really good. She did 2.7. Wow. Last week. BYU women's soccer holding steady at number six in the United Soccer Coaches Poll after beating Big 12 foes Baylor and at Texas. Up next, Cougars host Cincinnati tomorrow night on ESPN Plus at Southfield 9 Eastern. Both BYU men and women's cross country teams held steady in the latest USTFCSA rankings with the men at number three and the women at number six. It's good to have four top 10 teams on campus. Oh, yeah. BYU men's golf finished seventh at the William H. Tucker Invitational held yeah. in Albuquerque. Cougars were led by Zach Jones. He's balling, who finished tied for 10th at six under par. That's an incredible shot. Oh, my gosh. Over a group of trees to within like a foot. How about that? Looked like you on uh, Hobble. Yeah. Uh, former Cougar Calvin Whiting announces he has retired from professional rugby. Whiting won multiple national championships with BYU, then played in Major League Rugby with Utah Warriors, and was on multiple tours as a United States Eagle as well. Best of luck in retirement to Calvin Whiting. Those are today's headlines. Now grab that whip, because we're going to whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Fred Warner gave some love to Puka Nakua on a podcast. His podcast, because Puka ascended to the second most relevant Cougar in the NFL. Define relevance. Because Zach Wilson is right there. Yes, and I wish it were for more positive reasons. Sure. But it's still Zach Wilson right now, as he stares down the Kansas City Chiefs on national television and Sunday night football. Luckily, the schedule's been really easy for Zach. Bills. Oh my God. Cowboys. Chiefs in the first four weeks. That's rough. And the Pats are down, but that was still a tough game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Zach as number two. Yes. Puka's right there, though. 
The Jets, speaking of Zach Wilson, signed quarterback Trevor Simeon yesterday, and there are reports that the Jets' defense is not happy with Robert Sala's support of Zach Wilson. So the question is, if Zach has another performance like he's had the last two weeks, will that be it for Zach with the Jets? It very well could be, Spence, and this is a bummer because we love Zach, but it's, it's the Jimmer Fredette thing. We really want our guy at the next level, high draft pick to succeed. Right now it's not working, uh, unfortunately, so hopefully Zach can have a good performance and hold on there because if not, there's not a lot of patience uh, in New York with that. They've sure. seen two plus years now. It's unfortunate that the Chiefs are the opponent on Sunday night football. I know. I wish it was uh, like the Cardinals. Can he they just play got a, a terrible team? Like maybe they let Zach play against a terrible team the week after the Chiefs, and then that's the cutoff? I don't know. It's not a participation league. It's a production league. You know, bummer. Brutal all the way around. Number six, BYU women's soccer, second in the nation at nearly three and a half goals a game. Take on Cincinnati, Big 12 home game. Oh, little, little teaser for the football game. Football and football coming up Thursday night, 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. Your boy Spencer Linton. On the Let's go. Still on the way. Former BYU men's basketball player, one of the greatest dunkers of all time for the Cougars, Mike Hall. And his story on overcoming a tragic loss. Incredible human being is Mike Hall. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Former BYU men's basketball player Mike Hall went from being a Cougar hoopster to being a father and now to being a mentor. That path includes him overcoming just a tragic loss that allowed him to bring love to those around him. This is Deep Blue featuring Mike Hall. I had a great dunk and ended up being ESPN Player of the Week. He still lives off of that moment. It was exciting. But what people don't know about that game is that I had three points. I had that dunk and a free throw. That's all I had. I just had three points. I fouled out that game and I actually airballed a free throw. It was like three feet short, but it was a game that I remember. He had kind of a rough road to BYU. Right out of high school, my girlfriend and I, we ended up having a child, and that's right before I started my freshman year at Pepperdine. He went to school because he had to in order to be able to play basketball with the hopes of a college scholarship. Ended up getting actually getting kicked out of Pepperdine because I just wasn't taking care of my business. The maturity, I wasn't there. He will tell you he was not the best student. He didn't take his schooling very seriously. I think he always kind of knew basketball is going to be my thing. And so school, meh, you know, whatever. Coach at Pepperdine, he helped me come to get to Utah. He sent me to Dixie and said, hey, Mike, OK, go here. Get away from home, get away from LA, get, you know, get away from that scene. You can go concentrate, play basketball, get your grades back together. Coach Rose has ties with Dixie, and he ended up up here at BYU. I don't think Mike Hall ever grew up thinking, man, someday I'm going to go to BYU and be a BYU Cougar. In fact, I'll bet you he didn't even know anything about BYU until somebody said, hey, would you like to come play basketball at Brigham Young University? And I love that about him because he brings just a different perspective. He came to Brigham Young University to be a basketball player. I think he left Brigham Young University prepared to be an excellent husband, father, and contributor to the community. I had grown up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, knew that I wanted to be married in the temple, and my high school boyfriend was not a member of the church, and that was one of the reasons why we 
broke up. Then of course, I meet Mike, who's not a member of the church, and I'm like, oh, but he's so fun. I told her friend, I was like, I think I got a crush on her. <laughs> I think it got obviously to the point where we both cared a lot for each other, and we realized maybe this is gonna go somewhere. You know, life happens, and I end up getting baptized after I left BYU. And, you know, she stuck around, <laughs> she stuck around. And then a year later, we got married in the temple. So it was a long process. And then, you know, life happened, start our family. And here we are 16 years later. When we got married, I knew that I wanted four kids. I'm kind of a control freak. We started our family right away. And then all of a sudden, our youngest is getting ready to go into first grade. And in July, I kind of felt like maybe I was pregnant. Joe, Jojo, our baby girl, she was born in March of 2021. Within three seconds of her getting here, she wasn't breathing. She had breathing tube, feeding tube, everything you had, you know. For some, it would be too much to handle, but for Tara and Mike, who, you know, are, are so willing to just get to work and find a way to get things done. They really embraced it. We didn't know that she had anything. No ultrasounds gave us any hints that anything was gonna be wrong with this baby. She had a rare genetic disease called cat eye syndrome, which kind of affected a lot of things in her body. Some of the stuff I still don't really understand. Joe was in and out of the hospital for her whole life. She was being suctioned because she couldn't swallow. She was on oxygen off and on quite a bit. One night, she just kind of turned pale blue. Um, and that was the last night she... Um... Sorry. Mike came, met me at the emergency room. And I think by the time he got there, they were doing CPR on our baby. And that was crazy to see doctors um, doing chest compressions on your little infant in the ER room. And um, we just hugged each other and watched and listened to them. Because she was so in and out of the hospital, we never got to give her a name or a blessing. And so we called our bishop and asked him if Mike could give her a blessing and, and give her her name. And so we did that together. And we just rocked her. And we were able to say goodbye to her just real peacefully. It was beautiful. Joe taught us how to love outside ourselves and not think about ourselves. It was inspiring to see how it united the family, how they came together and uh, worked through it together and relied on their testimonies of families being together forever to really get them through it. Around her birthday, because birthdays, those kind of days can be hard, but in March, we try and look around even our everyday situations. What can we do to maybe bring a little joy to their life? Because Jordan brought us joy. So our joy for JoJo is what we look forward to in March to looking around ourselves, to looking outside of ourselves and, and giving back. As soon as the Big 12 announcement happened, you know, Kalani felt a strong sense of need to, 
evaluate all areas. We uh, open that spot to have somebody be a true mentor that, where it doesn't, it doesn't involve playing time. The players need a, a place to go that's not just about the field. There was a lot of things that Mike brought to the table in terms of just his life experience. His ups and his downs, both with basketball in trying to make sports his career, with family, with even different career changes and different roles. I think he's in a great role to be a mentor. I try to be myself. I think working with athletes, and especially college athletes, you, these athletes, they get a lot of people to tell them yes all the time, right? That's not my job. My job when I was a basketball, and my job now is to tell these guys what they, what they need to hear. I think he puts all that together and gives these guys a game plan and a vision of what they can, can accomplish and gives them things to think about that they never thought was possible. When I ask our guys how they're doing, I mean it. Like, how are you doing? How can I help? That's one thing that I've learned through Joe's. It's like, how are you guys doing, man? Because our, our, our hearts are different. And I want to help you with that if I can. What a story. <sighs> It's a heavy one, man. Mm. It's a beautiful family. We love Mike. We know Mike. Um, that's so hard to deal with. And I drove by that cemetery this morning. I live mm. nearby. Uh, joy for JoJo. Yeah, Great stuff. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Check out the latest Deep Blue podcast with Jason Shepard uh, as we somehow try to transition from that. Swimmer Jordan Tiffany joins the program. Talks about why he quit competitive swimming, found his way to BYU and the BYU swim team. Check out the episode on the BYU Radio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Up next, one of our favorite segments of the week. We play Know the Foe, Cincinnati Bearcat edition. Tried Skyline Chili before? It's BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Back on the big board for big things. It's a Wednesday. I've not I mean, fared well in this space. Okay, I got to do better today. Let's play Know the Foe Cincinnati Bearcat Edition. We bring in our fabulous producer Colton Potter to bring the questions, and we do our best to answer them correctly. Colton, what do you have for us at number one? And is Jerem finally going to get a win this week? <laughs> we'll start with Jerem. First one, Cincinnati sits in the southwestern Ohio on the Ohio River. Cincinnati is also a city of many nicknames. Which of these is one of Cincinnati's many nicknames? Is it Chili Town, Cow Town, Porkopolis, or Sintucky? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know the answer off uh, off the top. Is, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's not Cow Town. I don't think Porkopolis. Sintucky could happen because it's right on the border of Kentucky. Chili Town certainly with Skyline Chili. Yep. Eh. Let's go Chili Town. Gosh dang it! It's Porkopolis, isn't it? It is Porkopolis. Porkopolis? <laughs> it is Porkopolis. It, uh, a lot of pork is produced there. <laughs> All right, Spencer, your, your first question. Cincinnati is famous for its chili, served on spaghetti. Skyline Chili, Goldline Chili, two of the more famous brands. How many chili restaurants are in the greater Cincinnati area? <laughs> oh my 50, gosh. 100, 200, or 250? Chili restaurants. <sighs> All right, let's go process elimination. I don't think it's as few as 50. It's got at least at least over 100. Uh, I'm gonna go D, 250. 
Let's go. I'm done. Let's 200 go. of them toast. are Skyline and Gold Chili restaurants. <laughs> Jerem's, Jerem's out. <laughs> I suck again. Crap. I suck again. <laughs> All right, Jerem, your second question. Cincinnati's Vent Haven Museum is the only museum in the world dedicated to what? Bad art, ventriloquism, the art of clownery, or ramen noodles? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Vent Haven? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Let's do bad art. It's got to be ventriloquism, right? Because of the word. Yeah, it, it is ventriloquism. Yes, 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 it is. Context. All right, Spencer. Your last question. What is the name of the river in Cincinnati that flows north? Is it the Sneezing River, the Licking River, the Coughing River, or the Smelling River? Ooh, the Coughing River, I believe. No. What is it? Jeremy gets a chance. I'm back. Uh, you said coughing? I was going four for four, maybe. Dang um, it. Gosh, I've been to Cincinnati once. I don't remember. Um, let's go the Licking River. It is the Licking River. I got one. Dang it. it is the Licking River. I finally got right. one. Spencer wins this week. <laughs> oh, no time for more? Dang it. <laughs> we got to close Spencer the show. Spencer wins again. 80 Shep, seconds. Shep beat me, too. <laughs> gosh, dang it. My favorite part is when you just walked out screen. Well, I was just right there, but uh, didn't leave quite yet. Uh, our question of the day. Should BYU be an underdog at home against Cincinnati and their Skyline Chili? Gosh, our elite voice of Licking the day. River. Presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Andrew Anderson on Facebook says, probably not. Home field advantage is worth about a touchdown, although BYU has no, some issues. Not. No, it's worth about three points typically. Cincinnati has not been great either. BYU is competitive and their only loss of the road to a very good Kansas team, who was ranked, give me BYU by 10. By 10? Wow. How about BYU just a I'll cover? Take BYU by one. Yeah, B BYU by one. Yeah, please. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So Ben Bagley used to like have to work super hard at this job. I don't know what he does now. He probably still works hard, but I don't know what he does. He golfed this morning and got a hole in one. Yeah, Ben! First hole in you one for did Ben! It. That's awesome! You did Congratulations, it! Congratulations, Ben. 144 out with the pitching wedge. We're not jealous at all. In Taylorsville. We're not mad. These guys, we're not mad you're golfing and we're working. Man. We're not mad at all. We didn't bring it up five times. Well done. And this home course, too, where it should have happened. Four Evil, man. Our thanks to today's guest, LJ Martin. Sorry, Dennis. Do you have a hole in one, Dennis? For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Eric Woodbury. We'll see you back here tomorrow in Studio B. Go Cougs! <laughs>